Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Quaybog Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check us out on Facebook. That way you'll have access to fresh content every week. But most importantly, we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey because our mission here at Quaybog is to help you worship, connect, and serve. Enjoy! So we're in a week uh, two of our Money and Peace series, though, and what we're trying to get to the point of seeing that they don't have to be oxymorons, but uh, again, for a lot of uh, people, it can be because money <clears throat> tends to be one of those things that brings the most stress into our lives, and we talk about it all the time every day, and that's where this series came from, was talking to people in our church, talking to people in town, watching the news, and like trying to get an understanding of where people are. And a lot of things came together to say, yeah, this is a series that we got to do. And the videos that you'll see at the end of every sermon of people from our church are people that were in my circle at the time that were just bouncing around in my life that were like a part of the journey of me listening to God and hearing that and watching them. And uh, sometimes it wasn't conversations that I actually had with them. It was just kind of watching them from a distance and knowing how they were living their life. And so I uh, wanted to just make their stories a part of this. But there's a lot of stories in our church that are not going to be in these videos because we're only going to do this for six weeks. Um, but there's a lot of people here that are being faithful, and it's pretty cool. And uh, finances are something, though, that with we have to be very countercultural. So I was uh, I saw a meme the other day that actually Dave Ramsey posted, and uh, he said, and I can't remember the time frame, but for, especially for younger people, uh, if you invested just a hundred bucks from the ages of 18 to like your late 20s or early 30s. I can't quite remember what the age was. I'll have to look at that for the second service. But by, and, and then you stopped. For the rest of your life, if you only invested 100 bucks for like 10 years, by the time you were done with that, you would have a million, $1.2 million when you retired. Just from that little window, right? But that's a very countercultural thing. That's like, I'm going to deny myself probably pretty big to scrape 100 bucks together in those early years, that's not as easy, right, to do that and say, but I'm going to invest in my future. It's a super, super countercultural thing. But it's one of those things that if we, as we're going to see in Proverbs today, if we're willing to plan ahead and we're willing to think through this thing with wisdom, like it's a much different outcome at the end of our working careers, right? And so that's kind of where we're landing today is in Proverbs because there's a lot of wisdom there that's in, um, in especially in this topic right here uh, to be found. And so our question for this series as a whole, though, is this right here uh, up next. What would it feel like? What would it look like to have financial peace and not always worry and uh, not always hope that you had enough? Like, what would that feel like to actually have that in your life? And so that's something that we're going to be tackling each week with a different perspective and different stories from people in our church. Because this series ultimately is meant to be a very practical guide. Because last week, if you were here last week, uh, what is normal in our country. Again, why are we answering this question? Why do we tackle this? What's normal in our country? Yeah, generational debt, uh, big time generational debt. Uh, that's something that is just the way it is now. And that CNBC article that I read, as you can see, having debt is normal. But the important thing is to stay on top of it so that you can enjoy better products at lower rates for years to come. That was the, the final line out of that article. And they just got done showing how crippling debt is, especially for my generation and Gen Z coming up. Uh, there's going to be some pretty crushing debt as far as college goes, right? And those are a lot of people that kind of, they bought the dream. You know, if I just get this degree, everything will work out. Then they graduate and it didn't, right? And all of a sudden they're like trying to find jobs or working minimum wage jobs. They can't, and they got this mountain of debt piling up. 
And so there is something that needs to be done uh, about that. I don't know, just giving money away is a good thing or not. I don't really personally agree with that, but hey, we don't have to agree on everything, right? But at the same time, man, how can we use wisdom as followers of Christ to help the next generations coming up say there's actually a way to do this where you don't have to have crushing debt? And that's where the wisdom of God comes from. That's where you, if you have kids, if you have grandkids, if you have people in your life that you can influence and lean into, even your same age, it's like, you know, there is really a wisdom of God in this. And that's why we're doing Financial Peace University. That's why this series is going to end in that. So regardless of whatever stage of your life uh, that you're at, you can hear the wisdom of God and you can then be an influence. Because I know the danger here with this particular connect group that we're going to do is, look, man, I'm retired. I don't need to go through that. But can you still be an influence? Are you still called to be a light? Are you still called to point people to the hope of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. And this connect group is a super practical way to be able to do that so that you can be an influence, a godly influence in the people around you and those that are coming up behind you. Because that's where my, a big part of this is where my heart is, is for younger generations that are just, they're coming into a system that is, is killing them and they, they don't know any better. And it's like we looked at last week, it's just normal. Right? So that's where this, this comes from for me. <laughs> and then, uh, then it ties into, uh, this question ties into the gospel and real life thing too. So I want us to be able to understand that gospel and real life for the 2023 year for us means taking scripture and showing you how it applies to changes and ultimately blesses your life. Like that's 2023 here at Quaybog Church is the gospel in real life. Let's see how this stuff actually applies in real life. Because again, normal for us is not good. What are we going to pass down to the next generation? Will it be normal and more of that? Or will it be godliness? Will it be wisdom? Will it be financial peace? And this is just such a big topic that I think all of us uh, can have really a lot of influence in. Um, I want to caution too. Don't be all like, oh man, I've not done this right. I've not made the right decisions. As you guys honestly showed last week, and I appreciate your candor. It's like, you know, we've made some mistakes. We've not done it right uh, always, but that's different right? That's, there, there's, there's changes we can make no matter what stage of the game we're in. And when Terry shows her, when I show Terry's video, Terry McIsaac's video in a couple of weeks, uh, she's going to talk to that as well. Like no matter what stage you're in, I'm just saying, okay, but this is what I'm going to do now, right? So I love uh, the, the stories that you're going to hear from people. It's really, really cool. And then that principle right there is that the money isn't ours. We're just managing it. So that's how we're kind of looking at all this stuff is one way that we can find financial peace is to understand that it's not ours, and what I mean by that is, do you see what you have as a gift to be stewarded well, to be managed well? Um, because if you do, I, here's, I honestly believe this, and Brittany and I have just, we've seen this. So, quick story on ours. Uh, when we got married, I didn't grow up a church tradition. I wasn't a church kid. My parents were not churched. I didn't tithe. I didn't know what tithing was other than when the plate would get passed in front of me, and I just felt guilty, like, oh, I should probably give something. And then I would put whatever I had in my pockets in there, you know, and like, and the friends I would go to church with, we were pretty raw. My friends like were literally making change in the offering plate. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and I remember being like, dude, I don't, I don't think that's cool, man. Like, I don't think you're supposed to do that. And you know, no, they won't mind. I just, you know, I don't want to give 20. And like, I'm like, why? Just give them 20. And like, so here we are arguing with a plate and I'm like, no, just pass the plate. You know, but so I just didn't understand what that meant and like what the whole mindset behind tithing was even. And so one, Brittany and I had some mentors come into our life. We had people that were willing to point that out to us. Like, hey, don't act like it's all yours. Be willing to say, I'm going to be generous with this. And this is a gift that I'm called to steward well, and I'm called to be generous. And you'll watch what God does for you. 
And it was amazing. You know, at that point, that, that really changed my whole perspective on seeing everything I had as a gift from God to manage well and then to be generous with. Uh, as Jesus would say in the uh, parable of the talents, we looked at that one last week. Don't sit on your assets, right? What did he just say? Did he just curse in church? No, Jesus said, don't sit on your assets. Use them. Invest wisely. Share. Be generous, right? That's what we're called to do with the talents we've been given, the skills we've been given, the money we've been given. Can I see everything that I have as a gift? Because that also, not only does it make me more generous, but it also takes the pressure off because I know that God will take care of me. Because if everything I have is a gift from God, I can look in my rearview mirror and say, man, look how good God has been to me for so long. He has always taken care of us, even when we didn't think we were going to be able to pay bills or whatever the thing was, and God always showed up, and we just continued to be faithful. So having that mindset, for me, it really does lead to a lot of financial peace because this also changes the way you view yourself. So for those of you that have smoked or struggled with smoking, the, uh, the best thing to do is not to say, oh, no thanks, I don't need that cigarette, I'm trying to quit. The best thing to say is, no, I don't want a cigarette because I'm not a smoker. And that's not just positive talk. That's just the way you think about yourself matters, right? No, I don't need a cigarette. I don't smoke. I'm not a smoker rather than, oh, I'm trying to quit. So if you see yourself as a generous person, not, I'm just, I'm trying to be better with my money. I'm just, I'm trying to be more generous. I know that's what God wants. No, I'm a generous person. No, I manage my money well. I don't buy things that I don't need because I'm not concerned about what everybody thinks, right? I'm not wasting $1,000 a month on coffee from Dunkin'. I act like a pauper and I make it myself at home, right? <laughs> I'm just barely getting by. I got to make my own coffee in the morning. <laughs> but, I mean, think about it. There's a ton of stuff we waste our money on. And then people are like, man, we're just out straight. But they got 20 memberships that they, you know, don't use. And they got, this money just like goes out the window. It's just like, it's just, it disappears a lot for a lot of people. And we are literally the richest country in the world. So how you think about yourself really does make a difference. I'm just a generous person and I manage my money well. If you keep talking about like, I want to, or I'm trying to, that just means you're not really. But if you say I manage my money well, that means you're managing your money well, right? And if you talk like that, don't be a hypocrite, right? Like, no, I just, I'm not perfect, but man, like this is something I'm doing and I'm working in a good direction. So how we think is important in this topic here. All right, so that's our first one. So how you, uh, you know, how you see your money is a huge thing that can bring uh, generosity, bring peace. And then the second one this week we'll hit on is that wisdom and community are absolutely key. So today we're going to hear from Jay and Joanna Sperry. They're a couple that was in, uh, not was, but are in our church. And they were in my connect group this last time around. And again, it was conversations kind of like with Chris and Crystal that they just like it came up and they were talking about this stuff. And so just hearing their story, I was like, yeah, you know, that's good. That's, let's talk to them a little bit about how wisdom and community have impacted their journey with finances. Uh, and to do this today, we are going to be in the book of Proverbs um, because there's a lot of wisdom, like I said, in that book. And we're going to be looking at what God says directly about this. Because in Proverbs, it's interesting. He talks a lot about uh, money. Uh, making money, uh, managing money, and then being generous with that money. So there's there's a ton, actually. There's like a lot about work ethic and because the book of Proverbs is a very practical book. It's not about the hereafter. It's not about like angels and it's not about like, you know, the end of time. It's about the life that you're living right now and what that looks like. Um, because I do believe we need wisdom and community to 
to do what God wants us to do. And what I think, too, uh, about this community here is if you look around the room, there's a lot of life experience in this room, like a ton. And that's powerful. That is powerful. That's why I'm always saying we are the body of Christ. If it's only the job of a few here to make disciples, then not a lot is going to happen. But if everybody here sees themselves as an influence, as a disciple maker, as somebody that has something to offer to serve somebody else, then now you're going to see some pretty incredible things happening. Right now you're going to see like generations of people being impacted by grandma's wisdom, right? That's what Dave Ramsey would call it when it comes to finances is grandma's wisdom. Like we just don't use that anymore, right? It's godly wisdom. It's sensible wisdom. And so I think everybody here does ultimately have something to bring to the table. And I want to lean into that big time. But in the book of Proverbs, uh, if you don't know the book of Proverbs, here's a quick primer on it. It's a book of wisdom and it's called one of the wisdom books of the Bible, uh, it's written mostly by Solomon, and he gets credited as the wisest man in the Bible. But there's a couple other authors as well uh, toward the end of the book of Proverbs. And it's, like I said, it's very practical. It's meant to be a not hard and fast, not like every single thing is a rule, but it's general practical principles for living. As in, if you do this, you're probably going to see this. If you lay around in bed all day and if you're lazy, you're probably going to be poor right? If you go out and you work and you're industrious and you look for ways to earn money and then manage it well, you're probably going to do well financially, right? There's going to be people that seek you out as wise counsel. Things are going to go well most of the time, right? And again, you have to balance that with the book of Job. Job was living this stuff out, right? He was doing this and then calamity comes, right? So it's not just like, well, if I read this one verse and I apply that to everything in my life, it's going to go well, right? That's just not, that's not what Proverbs is meant to be. They're general principles that are practical to affect your daily life. It's really is in gospel in real life. Like that's what the book of Proverbs is. Hey, Israel, here's what we believe. And here's what your life should look like because of it, right? You should be different. You should be a light to the nations because of that. But look at this next quote here, knowledge versus wisdom. Knowledge is accumulated info, and that could be right or wrong information. But wisdom is knowing what to do with that information. Now, we, the reason I point this out is because we live in an information age. If I was still a teacher in high school, I would 100% uh, fully understand my job is not to just give them knowledge, right? Because they can find knowledge on Google, right? Like, I have to fix things. Where do I go? YouTube. And I get it done, right? There's, there's, uh, there's plenty of information out there. The problem is, especially for younger people, there is an overload of information, you know what I'm saying? And even for older people, there's an absolute overload of information. We have 24 new year, like 24 hour news cycles now, right? What does that do? You ever noticed everything is breaking news now? Everything all morning long. Sometimes if I accidentally leave the, the news on like three hours later, breaking news later that afternoon, breaking news. I'm like, no, this is breaking like last night. And now you just don't have anything else to talk about. So it's still breaking news, right? And so we have a lot of information, and you can acquire that for good or bad and have knowledge about things, but you may not be knowledgeable about the right thing. You may be knowledgeable about the bad way of doing things. That's why I started this series off saying, look how much debt we're in in this nation. We're all really knowledgeable about our credit score. We're all really knowledgeable about being in debt forever, but that doesn't mean it's right. So wisdom, on the other hand, and what you see in Proverbs and what we're trying to get at today, wisdom is knowing what to do with that right or wrong information and saying, okay, that may be normal, but that's not good, nor is it godly, 
And so I'm going to do something different, and I'm going to influence people in my life to know that there's a different way of doing things, right? So that's, I wanted to put that out there because I do think that's an important differentiation to make. And then there's another big one kind of associated with that, jumping off of that. For the authors of Proverbs, uh, wise living does equal godly living. So following God is something that's going to influence us deeply because here's what Proverbs 9 verse 10 says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, I remember being younger and being like, so I've got to be terrified of God in order to like know him? And uh, no, the nuance of this is that it's, it's not just like a, a being terrified of God, although that's probably not a terrible idea either because, you know, God is, you know, I can speak stars into existence, right? But it's just this respect. It's just understanding who God is and who I am in relation to God. I am not God, so I have a, a proper, a good, healthy fear, a good, healthy respect of who he is. Therefore, how does that change us? Well, it lets me know that what he said in Scripture is worth listening to. It's worth listening to, and it's, it's worth understanding, even the things that I don't get and that are culturally way different from me, because that's especially the Old Testament. There's a lot of stuff in there. It's hard to digest because it's like a 3,000-year-old culture that we're getting a window into, right? And so, but this, this understanding of who God is, who I am, that's at the beginning of wisdom. I love that. And then one, like, one more verse to jump to, though, and I can't remember if I put it in there, James 1, about wisdom. New Testament, half-brother of Jesus here. If any of you lacks wisdom, what should we do? Ask God. And he gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So that, again, why are we doing this series? Why are we doing Financial Peace University Connect Groups after this? Because we know that there's wisdom that God has about this stuff, and we want to seek that out for ourselves, for those that we love and care about. We want to seek these things out and mine this stuff for everything God has given us. So that's the good news. All right, so what I want to do in Proverbs, and just as a heads up, reading Proverbs can be tricky because the first part and the second part uh, aren't necessarily the same in the feel and the flavor and the tenor because the first part is a little more developed uh, of the book of Proverbs, uh, the latter underdeveloped, and the second part is a little more developed. And so what you have is in Hebrew ancient wisdom, you have ideas that are like put right next to each other that have nothing to do with each other. It just seems like there was just this random person that was just like spitting out everything wise he could think about, right? And it's like, well, I don't There's no train of thought here. Like, how are you, what are you talking about? And some chapters, like chapter five, chapter seven, like they kind of have some themes, but there can be times when it's just like, man, this is really jumping all over the place. And I say that because that's, that's how this morning might feel a little bit. So I'm going to group Proverbs together um, based on some like topics, but we're still going to be bouncing around. It's not going to be like, go to Proverbs 1, and we're just going to read it together and think through it as we go. It's going to be kind of bouncing around a little bit in the book of Proverbs. So, But our first grouping of uh, verses here, uh, go to that next one, PJ. The first grouping is trust God, and he'll take care of you. Right, And this goes back to our point from last Sunday. But it really ties into a proverb that most of us know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. A lot of us are probably familiar with that one, maybe have memorized it at some point in our lives. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding, right? And then what? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Okay, what's interesting though after that? So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him, and he will make your path straight. That's great financial advice, right? That's great life advice of just saying, you know, I want to follow after Christ, and he's going to show me what to do. And, but where does this go? Well, don't be wise 
than your own eyes, right? Humility. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. And again, this is general life principle here, but it has a flavor of finance because where these verses go right after this, verses 9 and 10, it's this idea that following Christ really does bring freedom. Following God really does bring peace when you start to align your life to what he says because in verses 9 and 10, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. So back then, of course, is a pastoral farming society. So now it would just be money, right? Honor the Lord with your finances in verse 10. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. So just the idea, like you just, again, I don't need that. So I'm not going to buy that. So I'm going to have plenty. Like my future will be provided for one, because God's going to take care of me. And two, I'm not just frivolously spending everything that I make, right? But again, that's normal. And that's why I started last week the way we did so that we would see, well, what is normal as compared to what has God said? So that's like our, our famous starting point there in Proverbs uh, 3. But he says more about this. In Proverbs 16, 3, uh, he says, and this is one I, I've loved for a long time. I've had memorized for a, quite a while. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. So this is, again, it's just the wisdom of God, like the ability to say what God has said. And so we're just setting the foundation here. We're setting the foundation because we are going to talk about, in just a a minute, we're going to talk about the verses that speak specifically what we're talking about. So if we can take this knowledge as a foundation, that I'm going to commit my activities financially to the Lord, I'm going to follow his plan, and then my plans can be established. Well, what is his plan? We are going to get to that. But it's like listening to the wisdom of God is huge. All right, so then we get into like what Jesus talked about last week. Use your wealth to take care of the less fortunate. This is a really big principle. So when God, so think about this. God's setting up the nation of Israel, right? So we're we're talking like, you know, 2,000 years before Jesus here. So about 4,000 years ago when, when God is setting up, what he's going to do with the nation of Israel. And he's beginning with Abraham. And then Moses comes along 1500 BC. So this stuff's forever ago, right? 4,000 years ago, 3,500 years ago. But 3,500 years ago, he's going to say to Israel, all right, this is what it looks like to be a country. This is what it looks like to be my people. Um, I want you to understand what it means to follow me. And as a part of that, there was a lot that he talked about, about taking care of the less fortunate. Your fellow Israelite, even people that came in to your country, taking care of them, providing for them. So this has always, from the very beginning, been a big deal. And God has actually levied punishment against people that were selfish and people that took advantage of the poor. Old and New Testament. And then you see Jesus on the scene in the New Testament. And he talks about it a lot, about caring for the poor. And you see that all the way, like in all of Paul's missionary letters, like when he's out and like building churches, a big part of that was like, hey, let's support each other. Hey, let's be generous. So that's a huge theme of the entire Bible is to take what we've been blessed with and care for the less fortunate. And what is cool to see, Barna did a study on this very thing last year, and they pulled thousands of people all across our country, and they pulled people that were in different categories. So there were people that said they were Christians, but basically non-practicing. So like, yes, I believe in God, but it's kind of fuzzy what that means. And then you had another category, like practicing Christians, those that go to church at least once a month, and like, and faith really does define a lot in their life for them. And then you had people that were of some other religious persuasion. And then you had the fourth group who were uh, like, just didn't believe in anything. You know, they, they were not Christians at all. 
And what was interesting to see on that spectrum, the people that they interviewed, was that Christians really actually, like, like practicing Christians, those are like, I'm going to church at least once a month and faith has defined my life. You can see the generosity spike for that group, which is actually really encouraging. Like people that call themselves Christians and go to church, statistically speaking, are actually generous people. More so, actually quite a bit more so, than atheists, which I wouldn't have really thought. Like I honestly, that, that surprised me. I didn't think that that way. I just figured it would kind of be even across the board. But it's like, oh, okay, so people that say they're followers of Christ actually are being generous financially, which is pretty interesting. So, because that's what we're supposed to do with it. We are supposed to be generous. And then the next one uh, that he gets into in Proverbs. Uh, and this one here, we're going to spend uh, quite a few Proverbs talking about, actually. Uh, forget about getting rich quick and trying to impress others. The, I mean, and this is our problem. This is where we were last week. But this here is something that uh, is talked a lot about, and it can get us in a lot of trouble. The image that we're trying to put out can get us in a lot of sticky situations, and it can get, and again, into generational debt. And uh, listening to the Dave Ramsey podcast each week, people calling in, uh, one guy had like a hundred and some thousand dollars on credit, credit cards, and they were asking like, well, how, like, how many credit cards do you have? And he said, I have about 20. And it was like, man. And this guy was just buried, and he just felt so hopeless. And it was tied up in all these different things that he'd gotten himself into, and he just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. And it's like, so this is like very real stuff that we're talking about here. But what I love, though, is that the wisdom of God is getting people out of it all the time, right, all the time, uh, through uh, Financial Peace University, through the wisdom of God. Like, it's really pretty cool. So forgetting about trying to get rich quick and trying to impress others. So the first verse is, comes out of Proverbs 28, and it says, A faithful person will have many blessings, but one in a hurry to get rich will not go unpunished. So for me, to make this like 21st century, I see this like on YouTube and TikTok, uh, on Instagram. Like there is so many different get-quick-rich schemes. There always have been, Right. Pyramid schemes, right, have always been a thing. Like, there's been lots of ways to where I can make a ton of money and have to do nothing. Kids nowadays, like, that's an exciting and like, very real possible possibility. I can be a YouTube star and seemingly do nothing and get paid hundreds of millions of dollars, and you can. I mean, that's the crazy thing. Like, I can sit with a cell phone in my room, and I can have millions of followers, and I can literally make all kinds of money. And so there's lots of kids that want to do that. And, hey, if you can, there's nothing wrong with that. But the idea, though, that I'm not going to have to do much <clears throat> and I'm going to get rich really quickly, a lot of people fall into that second category there. That what does unpunished mean? Well, they're not going to go unpunished means they're going to have some pretty bad consequences for that. People that have invested in dumb things, people that have tried their best to get rich as quick as possible have faced really, really, really harsh consequences for that, right? Cryptocurrency was one of those things. And not that that's like cryptocurrency's dead, but that was definitely for a lot of people fell into that category. And so this, again, the wisdom of just going slowly, uh, just being faithful. Like I said, 100 bucks for 10 years from 18 to 20-something uh, is going to net you about $1.2 million if that's all you did. That's a slow, long game, but it's not the world that we live in. So biblical wisdom. Next, about this idea of going slow. Better to be disregarded and have a servant. So you don't have much, but you got a little help than to act important but have no food. And again, this is another big problem. So people that want to look like they have a lot, but at the same time, they can't afford to turn the lights on. 
right? They buy a big fancy house, but they can't fill half of it with furniture. They buy a big fancy car, and then they're having to like eat ramen. You know, it's like so they're like running around. I remember when I lived in North Carolina. Uh, we would, I worked on the river and so we had, and it was like an hour away. So we had to go through all these ridiculously little towns to get to the river, uh, in order to go down the river. And I remember thinking it was so odd because there was a lot of rural poverty there and you'd have these rundown rickety trailers and then like Hummers sitting in the front. Right. And it was just like, these people are barely making it, you know, but again, it's that image. I'm going to leave this trailer and I'm going to go and be somebody else because I'm in a Hummer or I'm in like some fancy car. And I would see them like BMWs, all these cars that like, and not necessarily that they're all brand new, but this image that they wanted to put out when obviously things were not going that well. And so, um, you know, this principle of like, what do people think about us is a big deal. And again, to, to remind us, wealth is not a bad thing. We do know that. Rich people aren't bad people. There are some bad people that are rich people, but there's a lot of bad people that are poor people, right? So I'm not saying that having money is a bad thing. It's not. And buying nice things is not a bad thing. That's like a, that's been in Christian circles for a long time too, and that's super unhealthy. Um, but to be so imbalanced is what this is talking about here, uh, to just be trying to look the look. All right, and then next, he says, Proverbs 13:7. One person pretends to be rich, same idea, but has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, but has abundant wealth. I know people like this as well. Interesting story. Also, when I lived in North Carolina, the guy that invented angioplasty had a house where I worked. And so here he was, Mr. I invented angioplasty, and I probably couldn't even talk with this guy. And I'm there working on his dog fence. So I'm kind of feeling an imbalance here, right? What do you do? I install dog fences for you, you know? And like, but I remember feeling that. And I walked up and this guy comes up to shake my hand and I'm like, oh, hey. And I'm thinking he's the guy. And he said, oh, no, I'm Jim. I'm the estate manager. So here I am. I took another two steps down, right? I'm like, oh, you're the estate manager. That's cool. And uh, but then the guy was like all excited about the guy that he worked for, you know, and he said, this guy is so cool. Like he wears jeans that are like 20 years old and they're all torn up and raggedy and he never wears anything but a white T-shirt. He's like just the most down to earth guy. And, but he had all this like cool stuff though, right? And so we walked into his living room and here's like sat a full scale battle of two lions and a water buffalo, like animals he had killed when he went over to Africa. And I turned the corner, I was like, what the, you know, and then there they were. And I was like, what is that? And he said, yeah, you know, he got those when he was over in Africa on these, you know, kills or whatever. And I was like, wow. So this guy's a different kind of level than I am, you know, but at the same time, though, the dude was just like, you'd never know. He drove an old beat-up pickup. So whenever he went out, he's, you know, he you never know. He was just like a down-to-earth, normal guy. Brittany and I lived with a couple like that. It always cracked me up. I didn't understand how wealthy this couple was. But they had, and they did have, like, nice toys and all that kind of stuff. Because, again, having money and buying nice things is not a bad thing. But I remember talking to them when we were building a house. And I said, hey, how did you do this? I had all these questions. <laughs> and I was too dumb to pick up on. He was trying to avoid this conversation, right? And so I said, well, how did you do this? And how did you, like, transfer, like, the construction loan and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, we didn't have to do that. Well, we didn't have to do that either. And, you know, we didn't really run into that. And I was like, I know, but why? And then finally he just cut me off. He's like, Kyle, because we paid cash for all this. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and my first thought was, oh, you're, like, you're that rich. Okay. <laughs> but what was cool is they were coupon cutters. Like, we'd go over there because we lived with them for a while because we house sat for them. 
And we'd be sitting there talking with them. And again, you know, just old clothes that they had for 20 years. They're like, and then she'd be sitting there talking with us, cutting up coupons. And she'd be like, oh, look, a dollar off. And her husband would get all excited about it. And I was just like, what's going on right now? You know, um, but that's just the way they were. They were frugal people and they were crazy generous, right? They had nice things. They had nice toys. They had a lodge in the mountains with like 40 acres, but their, what was their heart though? They wanted to build this like camp on the property so that people could come and use their property for free as a spiritual retreat, right? They understood they were blessed and they wanted to bless other people and God just kept pouring it out to them, uh, you know, and he was just so good to them because they were so good to other people. So they were huge, huge for me because they kind of did like when they went out and about you'd never know they were just the most normal people ever uh, but had abundant wealth and shared it with others so that was a huge impact on me and then next about just trying to keep up images one person pretends to be rich but has nothing uh oh and 30 verse 8 sorry give me neither poverty nor wealth feed me with the food i need i love that mentality uh you know i don't want to be poor you know that's not like we need to ask for that but he's like, but I don't really want wealth either, this other writer. This is not Solomon speaking. This is another writer. He just wants what he needs. Just meet my needs, Lord. I, and I love that heart. And then Proverbs 23, verses 4 and 5. This is a good one. Don't wear yourself out to get rich because you never know. Or you because you know better. Stop. As soon as your eyes fly to it, it disappears. For it makes wings for itself and flies like an eagle to the sky. Money is a... Uh, a tough thing because it can disappear pretty quickly and the last few years have proven that pretty true um you know that the things can get pretty insane pretty quickly uh and so that first part go back to that first one uh verse four i just love that don't wear yourself out trying to get rich because you know better stop chasing money and then proverbs 20 uh and then uh the next section right be disciplined with your money I love this principle. It kind of just goes right along with the other things that he's talking about. And in Proverbs 13:8, Solomon says this, Poverty and disgrace come to those who ignore discipline, but the one who accepts correction will be honored. And this is, again, literally what we're seeing happen all across America. We're just, we're not being disciplined and we're getting everything that we want. And I've counseled with people before and I said, hey, so finances are an issue. Let's do a budget. Oh, we've never done a budget. I know. Let's do one. Let's see where your money's going. Let's see why money is so tight. Uh, and then by the time the, they came back and we talked again, I said, so how'd it look? And they're like, I didn't realize where all our money was going. It's crazy. And I said, okay, where's it going? Well, we spent about $700 on cigarettes and about $400 on going to Dunkin'. And I was like, it's a mortgage payment. It's a mortgage payment. But again, we just don't, you know, it's, hey, just going, going, going to Dunkin' real quick every single day, twice a day three times a day, right? Eating out every single meal and it just disappears. And so the wisdom of God, those that are not disciplined are going to find themselves in trouble. So just being disciplined with your money because it's a gift that we've been given. So the correction part there, that's just the humility part to say, okay, maybe I can do this better. And then I shared this proverb last week from Proverbs 29. Without revelation, people run wild, right? That's again, the thing that we're seeing, but those who follow divine instruction, they'll be happy. I love that's kind of how it ends, that they'll be happy. And then Proverbs 27, again, about being disciplined. Know well the condition of your flock and pay attention to your herds. Now, other than maybe Andy, that doesn't make sense to anybody here, right? Maybe Bill. Uh, you know, we got a handful of farmers here. Uh, but the rest of us, man, I don't have a flock. I have a dog um, and some kids, so maybe that counts. But, you know, but what he's saying, though, this is the currency of the day. Pay attention to your currency. Pay attention to your finances. 
right? Be disciplined. Don't just let it disappear. Uh, again, another uh, couple of friends of ours, it was funny. They, they had refinanced their house, thumbs up, extra $700 in their budget, thumbs up. And I said, so what are you going to do with that? And she was like, I don't know. I don't even know where it goes. It just disappears by the end of the month. Like 700 bucks just disappears, you know? And she said, yeah, I know. Isn't that bad? I was like, yes, that's bad. And I was like, pay attention to where it goes. Know your flocks well. I should have said that to her, uh, you know, but it's just, again, that's, it, it is, it's super easy just to have money disappearing. And they were a pretty well off couple, you know, so 700 bucks for them was maybe not as much, but still, right? Pay attention to your flocks, pay attention to your herds. It's important. Be disciplined. All right, and then lastly, this the uh, so we looked at the wisdom. Now I want to look at community and counsel. So intentionally seek out wise counsel. And he says in Proverbs eleven fourteen this: Without guidance, a people will fail, but with many counselors there is deliverance. Same thing, fifteen twenty two. He brings up again just a few chapters later. Plans fail when there is no counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Right? There's so much information out there, and that, that's why I talked about that difference between knowledge and wisdom. Like, there's a lot of knowledge out there, but can we bring anything to bear to ourselves, to our families, to our friends, to younger generations to say there is a better way? Normal's not good, and normal is going to be very, very heavy on you. But having good advice, right? Can we be good advice? And then verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 18, a few chapters later, same idea. Finalize plans with counsel and wage war with sound guidance. Now, I'm not many of you are waging war um, in reality, but you are, if we talk about this, if we talk about what's normal, what bears down on us that we're given by culture, like the unhealthy way we relate to one another. If we look at that and say, no, no, I'm waging war. Um, Dave Ramsey will talk about in Financial Peace University, gazelle intensity. Because if a gazelle is being chased by a lion, does it just like, does it sit and think about it first? Like, should I do this? Should I just jog? I don't know. Maybe it'll be all right. No, that gazelle runs for its life because he knows if it doesn't, what's it going to be? Lunch. Yes, a big hairy lunch sandwich, right, for this lion. And so for us with finances, it's like, no, there is a war being waged. Like everything in my world is trying to get my money. <laughs> right? Like everything that I watch, everything that I listen to, everywhere I go, there's product placements, there's ads, there's like, you know, tens of thousands uh, of ads that we see every single day, all the time, because everybody wants a little chunk of my wallet, right? And that's the wisdom and knowledge part. Like we need to be aware of that. And in a couple weeks when Terry talks, <laughs> I was curious about this. So I looked up, what are some of the tactics that marketers use to trick us? So I'm actually going to share that because this is an interesting point. Again, knowledge versus wisdom, right? There, and we just kind of, we soak this stuff in and it's like, oh yeah, I do need that. You know, but having good guidance in our life, uh, knowing the difference between knowledge and then like what wisdom actually is. I know what to do with that knowledge because I have wisdom. There's people in my life I can lean on that have wisdom. And then lastly, this verse here, uh, 24 verses 5 and 6. A warrior is better than uh, a wise warrior is better than a strong one, and a man of knowledge than one of strength. For you should wage war again with sound guidance. Victory comes with many counselors. Like let's have good people in our lives, like good godly people, and be humble enough, as it said in one of the other proverbs, humble enough to listen when they say, "Hey, you probably shouldn't be doing that." 
humble enough to like, actually make those changes and do that and be able to bless other people because victory will come with many wise counselors. So I think I put these up here again. So just some things. And again, Proverbs is a big book, 30 chapters, um, or 31 chapters, sorry. Trust God, and he'll take care of you. Wealth isn't bad. He will take care of you, and he will bless you, and that's okay to be blessed. And I'm not talking about health and wealth preaching, if you've ever heard of that. It's like, oh, if you just give, if you just do this, God's just going to open the floodgates. And he's like, I'm like, well, what about the, like, the two-thirds of the earth that lives in poverty? Do they just not love God? Is that what's going on with those people? No, because uh, that's, that's not what God promises. But he does say, if I give you wealth, don't sit on your assets, right? Do something with that wealth. Be generous to other people. You know what I'm saying? Trust him. He'll take care of you. Next, use your wealth to take care of poor, the less fortunate, those that are struggling, those that are hurting, right? That's a big theme you see. Next, forget about getting rich. Don't chase after money and don't try to impress others because it will lead to ruin trying to do that, making sure everybody knows what you've got and the places that you've been and all that kind of stuff. Next, be disciplined with your money. It's such a basic principle, but again, it's a difficult one. Easily said, more difficult to do. And then intentionally seek out wise counsel. So this week, uh, I talked to and, um, Jay and Joanna. Uh, well, I did a little bit while, a while ago, and then I'm going to show the video today, though. And I wanted to work through these ideas that I uh, talked about today to ask them, what did this look like, practically speaking, in your life? Because right? it's one thing to like read scripture together and talk about that and say, okay, these are principles that we can live by. This is knowledge that I can not only live out, but pass down or pass across. But what's it look like in somebody's actual life? So here's Jay and Joanna Sperry sharing their story.
So I, I love how the, you know, the teamwork, I love the witness, I love the, as you guys said last week, you got to be willing to have people be like, why are you still driving that car? Like, because I love it, uh, you know. No, because you just want to, you want to do different. There's, you know, there's a long range view. And so the wisdom of God like played out in your life is what I loved uh, hearing from Jay and Joanna. And uh, again, it's the practical real life, like what are people actually doing to do this? And what I want to also encourage you all to think about is there are people watching you. There are, as they mentioned, they for years have been watching people and it's like, well, I've not done it right. And I don't really know, but it's like, but do you, are you able to be a conduit for the wisdom of God? Right. That's like a good way to look at it. Are you a, a somebody that can say, you know what? Uh, I, Hey, there are these connect groups that our church is doing. Like this might be good for you right now at the stage of life that you're in. Or you go to the connect group and you get all this information and you get to help other people. Like Jay said, you know, just to be a blessing to other people. Because I'm watching people in this church, uh, how they're doing things. Gary and Brenda, I'm going to make their video today. And they're going to be uh, doing one for us. And they're just people. Like I didn't really talk to them about it. I'm just watching you guys how you're doing things. And I'm watching how it's affecting your kids. And so I'm like, okay, let's talk to them, right? And they're not like, they're not doing fancy things. It's just like, I'm watching people that are a stage or two ahead of me. How are they doing it? You know, and if they make mistakes, how do they get over them? Like what corrections do they make? So we're all, we are all people of influence in this. And I think it's a, a big thing to remember. So just a hit again, uh, our first one from last week. Uh, the money isn't ours. We're just managing it. It's such a great way to look at it. And then number two, wisdom and community are key. And I wonder for us personally, wisdom and community, are we seeking those out? Are we being intentional about that? Are we being intentional about being wisdom for somebody maybe, being community for somebody? And that's, again, that's why we get to do. What I love about this is the reason we're doing Financial Peace University, like literally, honestly, the reason that we're doing it is because we had people that have done well and they are generous and they have sponsored Financial Peace University so that we can give it away for free to our church and anybody else. We can give it away to the whole world if we wanted to. We have unlimited licenses that we can give away because people have said, hey, I believe in this and I want to sponsor this so that our church can do this. And that we can eventually, in the future even, use as an outreach. We can start publishing online an event. Hey, are you having issues with finances? Come to this one-day seminar and we'll help you. And then we can say, hey, let's, get, let's build some groups off of that. Like people that don't go to our church. Like, let us help you. Let us be a part of this community in a, in a good way. Why? Because we've had people that took this stuff seriously, and now they can be generous, which is pretty awesome. And that's, that's what we're talking about ultimately here is the body of Christ, being the body of Christ. doesn't have to be given millions of dollars. You know, that's not what people were putting toward this or anything like that. It's just how can we be the body of Christ in little simple ways, right? So, what? I just ask you, Jesus, to, to help us live this, to share this, to see the fruit of doing stuff like this, no matter what stage of the journey we're in, Lord. Uh, we can be an influence. We can have peace. We can always be honest about where we are, wants and needs. Lord, I, I just pray that you help us because uh, it is a big deal uh, in life. You talk a ton about it in Scripture. And I really honestly believe there's, there's peace and there's freedom that you desire for us in this. And there is blessing. Lord, we are all, if we're sitting in this room, we're rich. Uh, compared to the rest of the world, Lord, we are absolutely uh, rich. And, uh, and I just pray that we would leverage that, Lord, for others. And I pray that in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified of new content every week. Remember, we want to help you worship, connect, and serve. So if you live in the central Massachusetts area, we would love for you to engage with us on Sundays. For more information, service times, and details about our children's and youth ministries, visit us at quaybogchurch.org. Have a blessed week.